Episode 141, Lead Your Own March. Educators, is your passion tank running on empty? Look no further. Gretchen of Always a Lesson has a double dose of just what you need. Come fill yourself up with an empowering educators podcast to start your day feeling empowered. Hey, hey, elite educators, it's Gretchen here of Always a Lesson. Thank you for tuning in another week and holding on to your elite status because every moment that you spend time perfecting your craft, like listening to a podcast just like this one, you are an elite educator. And I'm just honored that you really value this show enough to learn with me every week. And of course, I've learned another lesson and I can't wait to share it with you. This podcast episode is especially for teachers in distress or transition as we talk about advocating for your own needs. But of course, this message is applicable to all educators. So I encourage you to tune in as one day you are going to need to hear this too. I know I did. So let's reignite your passion and potential. You ready? Here we go. So the rationale for this particular episode is I create images every other day or so on Instagram with an inspiring quote. I just want teachers who are quickly swiping through before school or maybe on a break or even after school, I want them to feel uplifted that they can do this, that there's people out there to support them, that what they're going through is not unique. People have been there before, suffered before. We're all in it together. And it's been going pretty well to the point that I don't stop making my quotes because I know teachers are really loving them. And one in particular went viral. I won't actually shouldn't use the word viral because I don't know what the technicality is on something going viral. But let's just say there was a strong acceptance of this particular one. And the quote I wrote was, just like you advocate for the needs of your students, advocate for yourself. Reflect on what you need, request what you need, and require what you need. And because it got such a good reception, I thought I would share a little bit more with you about where that came from in my teaching journey and why I believe so heartedly to share that with other teachers. As teachers, we spend all of our time brainstorming ways to better reach our kids, and no one gets left behind, not on our watch and not in our classroom. It's hard work, and sometimes we can just get lost in student needs that we forget about ourselves. And as I've gotten older, I've realized the importance of balance. And maybe it's because I'm a Libra and my zodiac symbol is the balance scales, but I'm not the best me when my life is out of whack. You know, when I work too much and have time for nothing else, I'm just miserable. And when I spend too much time caring for my little girl and neglecting everything else, like house chores and my dog, my husband, myself, you know, I'm also miserable. And I work really hard at finagling a schedule and a routine that allows me to maximize all parts of myself. That way I can be in balance. And it might mean I have to say no to friends more than I would like to or call it quits, you know, on a current project I'm working on because I have to go make a dinner and spend time with my family. But those daily decisions are in the best interest for myself and those that I lead in my family because if I'm whole and mentally and emotionally sound, then I can be my best for them. And it's a trickle-down effect. And so in thinking about the same principle as a leader in the classroom, you have to take care of you so that you can take care of your own kids, your students. And you know the airlines always tell you to put your oxygen mask on first before helping a child or the elderly because if you aren't taken care of, you can't help anyone else. And without your oxygen, you lose the ability to be of any help anyway. 
All of this is to say that if you focus so much on student needs that you neglect what you need as a teacher and as a person, you're going to lose your effect on your students. And when I got in over my head in the classroom, I was short with my kids. I was frustrated with, you know, last minute visitors. I just became unraveled with any request or demands of my time. You know, I just wasn't the best me and I wasn't serving my kids because of it. And honestly, it's not a sign of weakness to ask for help. It's not a sign of weakness to seek what you need. You know, a strong leader often delegates their weaknesses to other people on their team because they know that someone else can do it better. So they pass the task on and it's just called smart leadership, recognizing where you're weak and seek help to make it stronger. And sure, you can't pass the baton in the same sense, like, here, go input this data for me, or grade these papers, or here, meet with these parents. But you can say, you know, this is what I need so that I can do those things well and by such and such deadline. So I'm going to share with you what happened with me and the steps that I took to bring about change and happiness into my professional life. And for the record, I advocated for my needs on numerous occasions, but I'm going to just stick with one illustration to keep it simple for you. So my first piece of advice and the first step I took that I didn't realize I was taking at the time is build relationships with stakeholders. So it might seem obvious, but it's all in who you know. You never know when a relationship is going to become a benefit in a time of need. I am not saying by any means to go make friends so you can stack your pile and cash it in when you need it. But I am saying you just never know how a relationship can benefit you down the road because of how you've been interacting in that relationship during the non-needy times. You know, if you respect the folks you work with, because everyone has something to contribute, even if you don't personally align, everyone has arrived at their job title because of their rap sheet. So they must have done something right along the way. So respect their impact on the field of nothing else. Keep in frequent touch with parents in a way that's genuine and honest. Keep administration in the loop of how you're doing, what you got going on, your love of teaching. If you happen to have the ability to also build partnerships with community members, go for it. You know, for me, I had a great relationship with my admin team and my facilitators who are kind of like coaches. It really didn't happen overnight, but it did allow me to feel comfortable asking for help when the time came. You know, it started as just hellos in the hallway or quick weekend rundowns at the copy machine or smiles and waves across the bus parking lot, etc. But over time, you really get to know one another's styles and interests and family members And before you know it, conversations get longer and more personal and over time trust is built and a camaraderie is established. My second piece of advice, something that I did that I didn't again realize at the time was going to be beneficial, was over deliver and do your part. So the biggest part in advocacy is to be able to show your work ethic. If you have a paper trail of all your contributions, and again, not just for the moment you want to cash in on them, but of just instances where you went above and beyond just because, it helps others want to jump in for your cause. It's basically the theory of front-loading your fortitude so that you can be blessed later. If you're showing up late for your job and you're doing the bare minimum and you're complaining the entire way, it's going to be hard for others to want to help you when you ask. So for me, I knew that I not only did my job, but I did it well consistently. And when that happens, I know my voice when I asked for help would get louder. And of course, I didn't set out to do this at the time. But when I realized I needed help, I was so thankful I did number one, which is build those relationships. And number two, that my track record in the classroom meant, you know, I wasn't a complainer. I was a team player. I always made decisions in the best interest of my kids. And most importantly, I was a strong educator so that if I asked for help, then dang, I must really need it. You know, not crying wolf, 
doing my job and then some really brought a megaphone to my voice when it mattered. I remember my admin looking confused when I was saying, you know, enough is enough. I need help. And she immediately was willing to work with me just to not see me suffer from the stress of trying to do it all. And because to be honest, I had a ton on my plate, but I loved the extra stuff more than I loved the required stuff. So I had to find a way to ask for help where the stuff I loved wasn't going to get taken away. And I was kind of hesitant uh, to ask, but coming in with a plan really helped me. So my next step that took a long time was to get honest with yourself and your needs. So instead of just quitting your job or complaining to coworkers or even denying there's a problem, just get honest with yourself. Declare that you've hit your limit. Declare that you need help. And once you acknowledge it, then figure out what you need and when you need it. For me, I knew I needed freedom like immediately. I was suffocating under the leadership that was trying to get, you know, a strong hold on what was happening around the school building and trying to create some identical systems and requirements throughout just to streamline improvements. So for someone who taught a while and who did things a little differently than the norm, this was like torture. And I had lots of new teachers on my caseload who had immense personal needs, and it was just conflicting with their performance. And I knew in my heart that I loved this coaching and mentoring space, and I didn't want to give that up. I knew what was putting me over the edge, and it wasn't that. It was, (laughs) you're going to laugh. And again, this is just one example, because I didn't want to give you everything. It would be a little complicated, but for the purpose of this simple illustration, One of the problems was the lesson plan requirements. And once I knew my what, I needed to figure out who could help and how they could help. I wanted to come in armed with solutions and not just, you know, whine and complain that I needed help. So my next step was reach out when necessary. And again, it took me a long time to kind of get real with myself that I needed help because I never really needed help before. And it was to the point that this was new territory for me. It was uncomfortable, but I knew what I had to do. I got to that breaking point where it's like, I don't even care. Like I'm down on my knees begging. Uh, And when you're armed with information from, you know, some deep reflection, just go to the proper people that can actually help. Avoid complaining in the teacher's lounge because those folks listening, they can't even bring about the change you need for your situation anyway. So that's wasted time and energy and really not good for morale. So for me, I didn't even mention it to anybody besides my poor husband. He gets to hear all my woes, but I went straight to administration with an SOS and said something along the lines of, you know, like, I know you need lesson plans to look a certain way, but it's just killing my creativity and my teaching spirit. Are you okay with my plans looking different as long as I'm teaching the curriculum and programs with fidelity? Because I know that was their big thing. Like, don't deviate from this program. Uh, Well, because of my track record and my relationships, it was a non-issue and I got some freedom back. And it wasn't, you know, a public approval, something I kept really close to my chest, but it was all my hard work prior to that moment of needing help that really allowed this special privilege of freedom to come to light. So I got to toss out the multi-page lesson plan with the million boxes to complete and I got to just do what made sense for my brain that was quality teaching teaching the program the way it's supposed to be but made sense to me that I could actually use it and not (laughs) use every cuss word under the sun trying to fill out their 
crazy template and requirements. So think about what is holding you back from having mental, emotional, and physical peace and hone in on those areas and think actionable steps. So what do I need and from whom? And if you can't figure it out, no one's going to really be able to help you because they don't know what you need and in what way you need it. So I knew that the formatting and the length of these lesson plan requirements was killing me. So I knew my what and my brain wasn't transferring my teaching and my lesson design to that crazy template. So I came with the problem, but I also came with a solution and boom, it was granted. So advocating for your needs ensures great teachers stay in the profession instead of being run off by whatever craziness is going on, like testing and constantly changing curriculums. And now we've got alarming safety tragedies occurring in our schools. So the last step that I learned to do over time, but I encourage you to start doing throughout this process is be transparent as a role model for advocacy. My biggest tip is just not keep your advocacy quiet. I'm not saying you need to go make a big production out of it because I think that that's counterproductive. But I think it's important that your colleagues know that you professionally went about seeking what you needed so that you could be better. And it's not like, you know, I need Fridays off because I'm so tired of these kids kind of thing. (laughs) It's more like I'm a good teacher, but I'm hating my job because of XYZ, you know, I want to remain a teacher and I love my job and to be able to do that, I need blank. Now, there are going to be some instances where a solution really isn't obtainable, like, I don't know, throwing out a specific instructional program or something, but there is almost always a way to come to a happy medium so that your plate is unloaded and your teaching spirit is regained. Your kids need to know that you don't just complain when things are hard, but you think about why they're hard and you ask for help so it's no longer hard. And if they see you struggle and attack the problem in a mature manner without creating this big hoopla, then they're going to translate that into the classroom. You know, when they struggle on a subject, they'll stop by your desk and say, you know, hey, this is hard. I think I need X. Can you do that for me? And before you know it, your kids are becoming strong advocates for their own needs. And that's the best thing you can do, y'all, is just send your kids off to the next grade, being able to be their best selves because they reflect enough to know themselves well. They feel confident in asking for what they need, but they're respectful in the way that they do it so that it brings about the change and more happiness for them to come. So to remind you of what you can start doing this very moment to lead your own march and advocate for your own needs is this. One, build relationships. Two, over-deliver. Three, reach out. And four, model advocacy. All right, Elite Educators, that is a wrap for this week's podcast on reflecting on what you need, requesting what you need, and requiring what you need. Now go out and be great because you've just been empowered. This podcast is a member of the Education Podcast Network, a podcast network that encourages you to think about your profession and succeed in the world of education. Whether you're a first-year educator or a seasoned veteran, there is a podcast for you. All of the shows are produced by educators who want to shape education through meaningful discussion and content. So head on over to edupodcastnetwork.com for more details. 